Another reminder, the first 30 minutes of this podcast are available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google, and many of the major platforms. The full podcast is available at www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Good evening, Gabby. and uh, welcome all to the uh, current view with the Isle of Hillsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. It's not for the woke, TC. Steady no. way. How you been? Yeah, the day becomes for the woke. I won't be doing any uh, <laughs> current views. We, That's a certainty, that. Yeah, well, we and don't. No, you wouldn't be doing any. We don't do woke stuff. We just say it as we see it. We look at football. We love football. We look back. We look forward. Fair. And absolutely, we don't do all this this stat brigade. We look at football players, how they inspire us, how they've always inspired. In fact, I was watching uh, on the TV today the most passes in the Premier League. Everyone to was a defender. That says an awful lot about the sterile and boring game of today. Because if we took it back to when you were playing, T, players with the most passes and touches would be midfield players and forwards. Well, the thing, the, the thing with our with, with these stats and these passing stats, yep. you know as well as I do, Absolutely. the Wolverine, yep. they'll turn around and say, yeah, these teams have had so many passes, but they haven't won. Yep. You know, so... The forty one minute and against it the next. Absolutely. And all they all they all they do all they do now is pass it sideways and backwards just to kill the game off. Yeah. And they, and they have killed it off. And the woke the woke have helped to kill it off, Gabby. Absolutely. Audi always says if the player who has most possession in your team is a defender you've got you've got problems because it should be the midfield players and the forwards that if you were forward most of the now, ball. If you were a forward now, would you like to play for Newcastle? I'd love to play for uh, for Eddie Howe, yeah. I think he's so, uh, you know, really transforming. Who's manager at Newcastle? Eddie Howe. So if you were a centre-forward now or a striker, would you like to play for Newcastle? Yes, I would. Yes, you would. Mm-hmm. Right? And what I try to tell people before... When you were sent the forward playing for Newcastle, when Steve Bruce and Rafael Benitez there, I wouldn't. You might as well sit on bench because you've more chance to touch it ball when it goes out of play. Yeah. Right. Than playing as a striker for Newcastle. That's the difference. Absolutely, and we've done this on the pod on many occasions, talking about training and how managers like that would line them up in training. And if you're a forward, you might as well have a couple of days off or just sit in the game of football, either on the bench or on the halfway line, because you're not going to be involved in the game. Eddie Howe's done a fantastic job. I think Thomas Frank has done a fantastic job at, uh, at Brentford as did Graham Potter at Brighton and the new fella that's come in at Brighton. There's a number of teams that haven't got massive budgets. I know Newcastle's slightly different, but he hasn't gone out and spent loads and loads of money on top players. He's gone in, he's coached the players. The striker, his ball looks quality, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's he's bought, absolutely, and again, 2.5 million. 
he, he buys they or they buy these players. We don't, so we don't know who's buying them. But no, we don't. Buying them, yeah. I've made a good job. Value for money. I've done a good job. Great recruitment and buying the and and you can still in this ridiculous age where football is throwing money away. You can still pick up bargains for less than three million pounds. What magic moments have you sourced for us too? It's been another great week. Yeah, as usual, we always say it. I've gone, uh, I've gone for two this week. Yep. Uh, it's the Middlesbrough Blackpool game. Oh, yeah. Um, what's his name? Let me pronounce his name properly. Akpon. Was it Akpon? Uh, Ak- Akpon. Yeah. Uh, absolutely sublime finish yeah i mean this is why you don't get many crosses now going into the box because they are coming on they're playing the left wing and on right wing and vice versa aren't they yeah and they're coming in more time and giving shots at goal that's why you don't see it for me that's why you don't see as many goals in games yeah and in the same game uh smith pulling out uh, smith having an absolute tremendous strike and the goalkeeper Maxwell for Blackpool pulled off a tremendous one, one hand save. Great save it was, you know. But uh, Middlesbrough are looking the part under um, under um, Michael Carrick. Carrick, I mean, I, I've said to you, I think he's going to be yeah. the best English manager uh, since Cluffy. And if I was Leeds, the two people who I'd be looking at would be Pochettino and uh, Carrick. Uh, if they if they think Carrick's still hasn't got uh, enough um, experience yet. Always think about Arteta at uh, Arsenal yeah. in his first in his first managerial job. The other one uh, I'd go for, and he's out of work, so you've more chance of getting him anyway, is Pochettino. Yeah. I mean, they keep telling me <clears throat> Pochettino, yeah. I'll keep listening to them all, Pochettino is a serious loser. When what last time uh Tottenham got to a European Cup final. Uh, in terms of the European Cup final, well, the European they Cup never final have the done. Uh, I think it was in the 80s, wasn't it? 1984, I think, was the last time before that they got to um, a UEFA Cup. No, uh, a European Cup final, a champion. They've never been. No, not in, not in a European Cup or Champions time League. Won, that last time they won a league title, 1960-61 season. Absolutely. Right, they've had some decent managers since then. Yep. Right, Pochettino did a good job at Southampton and did a good job at Tottenham. Absolutely. And he got them to a European Cup final, which they've never ever been to. No. A Champions League final, they've never been to. As it happens, I didn't think they played well in the final, but Liverpool were playing well, so uh, they finished up beating Tottenham. Mm-hmm. But the thing about what they keep saying about it's because. The woke brigade, or t- when they turn on somebody for some unknown reason, they don't like Pochettino. Well, Pochettino won the league in uh, PSG, but everybody will say, "Well, you expected to do that." Well, that's okay. But ooh, how many times of before and after uh, times of PSG won the Champions League? PSG have never won. PSG have never won well, the Champions League. There you go. League. So what I'm trying to say is the woke brigade. Yeah. Exactly. Right? When they don't want somebody in, it, they seem to be able to do it. Yeah, it's because a narrative that they drive. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. You know, talk is cheap, yeah. Yeah, it but is. they've got the power. Yeah. And and again, they with don't... the stats, they can make anything look as they want to and drive a narrative through whatever they want to do. 
And in fairness, the idiots look at it and believe it. But um, again, idiots don't listen to the current view. It's not for the woke. It's for it's serious, for sensible exactly. football people that understand the game, want to talk about it, and we call it as we see it. But um, Nobody can tell us what we can say and what we can't say. Absolutely, T. Also in that game, uh, Akpon scored another goal, didn't he? Riley McGree. When he had that uh, that little give and go, and he even nutmegged the defender, that that was sublime. Certainly Brilliant. one of my magic moments. And going back to uh, Michael Carrick, you're absolutely spot on because you did identify him really early. You're a big fan of Michael Carrick, and I think as we speak at the moment, Sheffield United are playing the replay against Wrexham in the Cup. As are uh, Sheffield Wednesday are playing. Uh, Fleetwood Welcome. in no, Fleetwood, Fleetwood yes, in the uh, in the replay uh, as as well, but uh, Michael Carrick and Middlesbrough two points I believe off second place Sheffield United. So watch this space; it's nip and tuck. What a run they've had! A phenomenal run, Phen- and they're playing some really good football as well. So, like I've I've never really looked at Borough before. Because I've always thought, you know what, Borough, they actually bore me a little bit, if I'm honest. But I watch them now and I think, blimey, there's there's something going on at Middlesbrough and it's down to Michael Carrick. So, well done. And uh, nice to see Riley McGree, uh, Australian boy who, who was uh, on loan at Birmingham City a couple of seasons back. And he looked a player when he played for Birmingham. So, so well done. Brennan Johnson's goal for Nottingham Forest. Brilliant goal. Tremendous strike. Big, I'm I know a big fan. I know we've got a goal with, though. Yeah, it's, there's only one in that. There, there is only one. I was going to nick it off of you, but I thought, no, I've done it not. There just is only one in that. I mean, the boy has taken it deep in his own half. He's run with it. He's seen the keeper off his line and he's just gone, have a bit of that. Um, as Andy Gray, your former strike partner at Everton, would say, tick about Stephen Humphreys. Of heart of Midlothian, what a goal! And that's what we watch football for: these magic moments. And uh, long may they continue. And whenever a player goes on a pitch, try and inspire. Don't have a meaningless pass along the back line, and you get more touches than someone else. I don't care how many touches Stephen Humphreys had the weekend when he played for Arts. The one important touch and the magic moment of the touch was when he put the ball in the back of the net and made everybody in that ground stand up and clap him. Brilliant. Worth, worth the entrance fee alone. Absolutely. And that's what we love football for. Their moments, not the boring moments. Straight down them. to the pub after the game, majority of the pundits, uh, fans I should say, and they would talk about that. Thing. What a great goal that was. Well, that's and what... be, that'll be talked about for the next month uh, up at Tats. Absolutely, it'll be talked about for, for quite some time. I mean, remember in the olden days, you know, when we had match of the day and it was match of the day, we're going to be talking about uh, our League One watch and Sheffield Wednesday's fantastic uh, win against Plymouth the, the weekend. But in old money, that would have been on match of the day because it was the match of the day. Unfortunately, match of the day these days, a taxpayer's uh, football show is nothing more than a, a PR exercise 
for the world's richest league, the Premier League, and it's absolutely wrong. Sheffield Wednesday versus Plymouth should have been our match of the day, and it would make a huge difference to them teams. Um, everybody could sit up, watch up, Look at look, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, you know, and 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 they should be on. They should be on prime time TV, you know. And then, once we finished the game, you went to watch the game, or you'd see something. I can't wait to watch this on match of the day, and it should be open to all football clubs, not just the Premier League. And then when we watch match of the day, we look for them magic moments because that's what football's all about. People said to me, and I remember Bawley going mad with me going and playing third division football. Mm. If you're watching, Alan, right, that's the atmosphere. And it's a club, obviously, it's a club I supported. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to play for them. You know, if they're doing well, it's an absolutely... not. Listen, it's not just Sheffield Wednesday. I'm going to say it's the best because I support Sheffield Wednesday. Because yeah. you, you can go anywhere, you know, Villas, you can go to Leeds, you can go to Liverpool, Everton. Man United, they all, they've all got their own great atmospheres there. Yeah. Celtics, your Rangers. But when you support a team and you get that kind of support and you play for them, it's a great feeling. It must be the best feeling because, as you say, you've got that you've got that allegiance to the badge. You actually can kiss that badge. You feel every moment because you've gone there as a kid watching Wednesday. You've you've seen the good, the bad, the indifferent, the ugly. And when you help that team get further up the league, out of the third division, into the championship, and to be fair, if Jack would have listened to you, you would have played in uh, the first division, first division. Uh, with Sheffield Wednesday as well. But, you know, these we, we, things... We nearly did that. We, yeah. did two, we nearly did that in two seasons. Mm. And I said, you know... When I went there, like I tell Cluffy, I'll get you promotion. They got promotion. And, and, and with, with, with Jack, I said, I'll, I'll take you up. Don't worry about it. And we got we, we should have gone into first division second season. Yeah. A shame you didn't. But, you know, happy memories. And lovely to see Hillsborough packed to the rafters. Wednesday, top of the pile, as you have predicted. We are going to be talking a little bit more about Sheffield Wednesday in League One. Watch further into the podcast. But uh, Book Corner Association with MyFootballBooks.com Andy from uh, MyFootballBooks always sends us a recommendation. And this week it's True Genius, George Best by Wayne Barton. And uh, he always gives me an on this day. And on this day, 7th of February 1970, George produced a masterclass performance when he scored a double hat-trick against Northampton in the FA Cup fifth round. I can still see that. I can still see him walking around Kim Book. And yeah. I played with Kim at Doncaster Rovers. Yeah, Tony's brother, isn't it? Yeah. Tony, Tony Book, the right back at Manchester City. Yeah. Kim, Kimmy's brother was a uh, goalkeeper. Yeah. For Northampton that day. And he came and signed for us at Doncaster. He sent me a message about two two years ago. It must, it must have been on Facebook. And he sent me a message. Um asking me how I was and we just got a little chat. So that was nice there. Yeah, lovely. Again, great to, you know, and that's the nice thing with social media because that's what it should be, social media. You can link up in your case with former players that you played with, former teammates because a lot of football fans. fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but 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 a lot of a lot you of... know I won't get involved in all arguments because all I all oh, I absolutely if somebody says something I like it so because it's their opinion yeah of course it is but but a lot of football fans think you're all great mates when you play together and when you leave the football club you're still great mates and you keep in touch and that's not the way no. on many occasion a player leaves a football club and they haven't spoken to to a player that they played with in that team for probably 30 time, 40 years you know. exactly yeah a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, that's what always amazes me when all fans, or not all fans, but a lot of the idiots, they think that, that, that football, it's so harmonious. There's never any rows at training. All the players get on. They all love each other. Do me a favour. I mean, do you also believe in the Tooth Fairy and Leprechauns? It, it, it's Football players are no different to any other people and any other place of work. It's a job. It's just the fact that you're bloody good at playing football and 30, 40, 50,000 people come up, turn up, watch you, watch you at work and idolise and adore you. Yeah. Well, they adore you because it's, it's their club. Exactly. But if you play, if you're playing well and you're winning, then you're right. And then you be, some, sometimes you can become legends of that football club. Absolutely. It must be beating Luton 2-0. Wow. I mean, again... Oh, blimey, it looks as though Sheffield, you know, they have to score, by the way, yeah. and he's put it wide. Oh, my days. Uh, McAtee, he should have scored. My word. Um, yeah, so we got uh, Wayne Barton, uh, true genius, uh, George Best. Thank you, Andy, for that. We will be cutting part 11 of uh, our football book corner with Andy in the coming weeks. You can't believe, T, it's already February, January. Where's it gone? Where's this year gone? It'll soon be Easter. Uh, the longest winter a season with England's worst ever team. It was about Rochdale, I think it was... 1963? Uh, no, I think it was... Uh, no, it was in the 70s. I think it was 73, 74. It was, but there's a, a book by Mark Hodgkinson. And n- not the longest winter... In right. terms of, we were talking Weather-wise. last week, yeah, on the yeah. podcast, the uh, the winter of 63, which was the worst. But this is the longest winter, and it's it's called that because it was a season with the worst football team ever of Rochdale. And I, I, I don't, well, they probably only won one game if they won one game. But it, again, these books, they go into a lot more than... You know, the 42 league games that they played. I'm guessing they never played many cup games. Probably only uh, one or two. Um, but it, it tends to, these books tend to look at things that have gone on around the football, the, the social climate, the government, etc., etc. You know, records and uh, things that in everyday life we look at as well as football. But um, Rochdale were... The worst team. I think they were in Division 3 because I remember looking at it and I said to Andy, well, they couldn't have been the worst team because they weren't in Division 4. So there's worse teams than them. But I think it was just such a bad season that they endured that they were in all four divisions of that season, the worst team. So check it out by Mark Hodgkinson. And it also features... In the latest issue of Back Pass, we're big supporters of Back Pass magazine. Issue 83, uh, winter 20, uh, 2023, £5.90 out now. And it also mentions some other great books. Uh, the Match of the Century, England and Hungary, 
the game that changed football forever by Matt Clough is featured in here. As is Summer of 63 that we uh, talked about last week, Revy's plan for Leeds United by Gary Edwards. And uh, I cut a podcast with Gary. Uh, just talking about Leeds United, sat Jesse Marsh. What's going on? Was it the right decision, wrong decision? And, um, you know, will it be Pochettino that comes in next? Well, uh, that I don't know, but if I if I was if I mm, was there, I would. I would definitely be going out after mm. uh, because it, it'll, g- it'll give them that more of a profile picture. But I wouldn't be frightened to take Michael Carrick, mate. No, absolutely. Uh, is it the right decision? I don't like to see managers get sacked for sake of getting sacked. Mm. You know, I mean, they would talk about him going on uh, other day, but uh, yeah, South you text my night, uh, Nathan uh, Jones. But it looks like he's kept his job so far. Mm. Um, but no, going back to Leeds, I I go for po- uh, Pochettino because mm. it'll give him that uh, high profile, and uh, it'll. I mean, for for me, Bielsa done brilliant, but they they've needed a striker when Bielsa were there. They yeah, still absolutely. Have a no, absolutely. I find, I find strange for a club that size. And Leeds, a massive club. I mean, when teams, when when people are talking about teams and clubs, and, and you know, the the modern day, the, the the woke fan would be, well, Leeds are down the bottom. They could be in the championship. Leeds are a champ. No, Leeds United are one of the biggest clubs in British football. Leeds United are a massive, massive football club. Uh, Pochettino, this this job is made for a manager like Pochettino, and I think it would be a great appointment because I don't think Leeds, I've watched Leeds a few times this season, I don't think they're that far away, and I like that lad, I cannot pronounce his name, the left winger, but he looks a proper handful, and I think if they can sort out that defence, I believe so, yeah, yeah. Young black lad, he's only about five foot two, but blimey, he, he looks like a black Jimmy Johnson, don't he? That's who he reminds me of. He's like so jinky, so tricky. You don't yeah. want to get too close to him. He's so quick. Low sense of gravity kills no. people. Absolutely, it? yeah. So uh, he's dropping that shoulder. Uh, you see, for me, the one about the the guy who put Celtic, what's his name? And uh, whatever, whatever, the Australian fella. Not for me. Doing great. Yeah, Celtic, Scot- Scottish football, Celtic and Rangers are two massive, massive clubs. They've no money or power to be able to be cha- challenging uh, for the Champions League uh, competitions. No. Because they can't attract that player, that type of player up there. Because they haven't got the money. They don't get the, 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 the TV money. So for me, they've got to be looking at um, Pochettino. That's the first thing they should get. Because yeah. Cavic's in the job. I would go for Pochettino and say, look, let's back him and let's let's have a go. Because if they if they start winning again, challenging for t- uh, t- titles, that's a massive, massive football club. Absolutely. And talking about another massive, massive football club, the first championship for the Busby Babes, a nice little booklet stroke book uh, from a, a pal of mine, Mr. Roy Cavana, MBE. And it's the 1955-56 championship season, the first championship for the Busby Babes. And uh, let's just indulge the next couple of minutes in the Busby Babes, who sadly uh, in 1958, the 6th of February, the plane 
tried to take off twice on a slushy runway, and on the third time it failed, and um, the Munich air disaster sadly uh, blighted English football, the flowers of English football, the flowers of Manchester, or the flowers of Manchester, the flowers of English football. It wasn't just a, a, a day where Manchester United died, uh, English football died as as well that that awful day the 6th of february 1958 have awful you got any, any yeah, memories of that day, too? awful day sorry gab what did you say have you got any memories of um of, of that day no i haven't gab because that's 58 and i was born in 55 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know so about 63 uh 63 when i saw uh, man united with a cupping it was it Leicester, i think the Man United beat Leicester three one, yeah, yeah. You know, sixty three, sixty four West Ham Preston, weren't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, sixty five Leeds, yeah, sixty six Michael. That's what I really uh, absolutely saddest following Sheffield Wednesday. No, so no, but one good thing about it is Samat survived that accident. Other players, Harry Gregg, Bobby Charlton, and these all went on. Uh, Dennis Violet as well, of course. He sat next to Charlton on the plane. Yeah, to fetch Manchester United back and be the force, and and it has been a force since, hasn't it? Because it has such a following all 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 around the world. So it's it, it's strange, but did it help? Did it help to make it this club what it is today? It's 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 so weird. You never want to see anything like that to any football club, do you? Absolutely. And uh, in 1949, there was um, the Supergar air disaster where Torino lost their yeah. whole team and pretty much all that of them players were Italian team. internationals. Yeah, that was another team. And there was one in uh, Brazil, I think, Yes, wasn't there? that was more recently, wasn't it? You know, so it's... it's... It's weird, but no, I don't remember anything of it. I don't uh, know anything about Duncan Edwards. All I do know is is what people have uh, said about him. Absolutely, and John Giles was there as uh, as a kid in those days. And and John, when I've recently done a podcast with John, was telling me how um, how they got to know that there there was a plane crash. They didn't know at the time how how bad it was, but then it come through the wires because again. It wasn't like it is today when something yeah. happens. I mean, terrible that earthquake in uh, in in Turkey, but as soon so as it, it's now you can get it out. Yeah, absolutely. And you yeah, get the truth in the social media. Yeah. Whereas the the mainstream media, you know, you're having to rely on uh, information from other sources, weren't they? Absolutely. I mean, that they didn't know, and then it, it come, it come about, and I say it was a, a terrible time. But the first game that the Babes played after Munich was against Sheffield Wednesday. It was against your team, wasn't it? Yes, it was. That's the first game that back, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but uh, the first championship the for the Busby Babes. Sheffield Wednesday. Sorry. I think the Boris played off Sheffield Wednesday. Sorry, Tom. Well, I missed that. I think they loaned a player from Sheffield Wednesday. They begged, borrowed, loaned players from all over the place, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Manchester United. In fact, when they got they got to the final of the FA Cup when they got beat by Bolton in '58, and uh, th- again they borrowed players. 
there was, I think there was players that played in the cup final that actually, I believe, have probably played in earlier rounds for other clubs. But the uh, the football authorities uh, overlooked that for that season because Manchester United, <laughs> so pretty much lost a football team and uh, did get back on track. And in 10 years' time, from trying to win the European Cup, because it was a quarter-final yep. European Cup tie, they just um, drawed 3-3 yeah. Yeah, with the Red Star of Belgrade. And when they stopped off at Munich to refuel, they, 10 years after at Wembley, beat Benfica 4-1 after extra time. So they really went from strength to strength. Do you know what sticks in my mind in that game, from that game? Go on. That save from uh, Stephanie. Oh, absolutely. And uh, what was you? Eusebio. Yeah, and what was Eusebio's right. response to that? He clapped him. And he then did, he yeah, shook his hand. He shook his hand. Yeah. But when I look, when I think about it, it was straight at him. Yeah, it was. It was straight at mm. him. But it's, it's a reaction save, that, you know. Yeah. That sticks out more. Obviously, I remember Brain Kid scoring, Bobby mm. Charlton, and, and, and obviously uh, George Best going round the goalkeeper with his, ankle, uh, with his socks around his ankles. Yeah. That, that's what sticks in my mind, that save. That's, you know, United could have lost it then. Yeah, they could have again, and if only moment, if only yeah. Eusebio would have scored that, how things change in football. But again, football is littered with those if only, only moments. Only ifs, yeah. And, uh, and fine margins too. Manchester City, if only and fine margins. I mean, they look as though they've got more uh, cases to answer with these charges than Ivan Tony at the moment, don't they? I don't fall for it, though, Gabby. I don't know what's going on. I always on. listen. Mm. I always listen to the story, not a story, yeah. what the media is telling me. Because mm. for me, is this a way for the Super European Super League? Because if if they if they're gonna look. Real Madrid, Barcelona and uh, Juventus didn't get fined for this breakaway. They looked like they were going to get fined. Mm. They didn't get fined for it. If they... If Man City have done what the Spurs have done, they've got to put them in the championship. Yeah. By law, they, they have to put them in the championship. Mm. That's not going to happen. Because that, 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 is, is this the way for the, uh, the European... <laughs> 